Maybe it is that we have more layers of clothing these last few days. Or maybe it is that the afternoons darken sooner than they used to. Or maybe it is that flower beds and plant life and leaves and other pieces of nature seem to be dying. But there are signs that we're moving into another time in this particular year of 2019. And we can't help, I think, but start to wonder about darkness and perhaps death or dying or living before death or living after death. Because every November, these signs appear away before we're ready. And there they are. It's colder, it's darker, and we just grumble more easily. And when we turn to the scriptures, we find a kind of sympathy in the scriptures of the Sundays of November, because they too tend to enter into the conversation about living and dying, about resurrection, about life after death, and beg the question, what is that like? How could it be described? Should we have some anxiety or should we have hope? These questions we find are as real for us as they were for our biblical ancestors. And so today we have a couple of conversations in the scriptures. The first, the martyrdom of the seven brothers in Maccabees becomes a context for a discussion about resurrection. The story is situated at a time in the history of the Jewish people when they were being persecuted by the Greeks. And they were being forced to deny their tradition, their faith and their practices in a very cruel kind of fashion. But the author tells us that these seven brothers were bold in their faith and in their denial to deny the persecutors. And even though at that time they had no sort of developed understanding of life after death, they still boldly put their trust in God. For they believed that the God of the covenant had taken care of them in life and would somehow take care of them in their dying and after their dying. And so they held fast to, to this promise and to this hope. So much so that the author tells us even the king and his attendants marveled at their courage. Generations later, the scenario in today's gospel unfolds. And another group, this time seven brothers, are part of this conversation that is initiated by the Sadducees, who Luke tells us did not believe in the resurrection. And yet they were wanting to, to get Jesus to say something about death or about life, if there was life. 
after death. And so they draw Jesus into this conversation. And Jesus responds to their kind of ridiculous situation of seven brothers who married the same woman in succession, each of them dying in their turn without any offspring, without, in a sense, any possibility of a future because offspring were a sign of the future. And Luke includes that wonderful line, and finally, the woman herself died. Bless her heart. <laughs> Put seven husbands into the grave, she goes straight to heaven. <laughs> Jesus' response to them indicates that beyond dying, social conventions and customs are transformed. They are not the same as our finite understandings. Everything will be different, even though Jesus doesn't ever give us a kind of uh, tangible description of life after death, but rather calls for us to trust that transformation that will unfold. And so as Jesus talks about that time, he talks about a faith in a God who takes care of the living and the dead. Indeed, Jesus says, for God, all are alive. We can't help but in our own mind or perhaps with some close friends from time to time, enter into that conversation about, well, what is life for? And what is, does dying mean? And perhaps there are those who think, well, no, this life is the only real life. It's what we see, it's what we feel, it's what we experience. That's life. And so let's do good things. Let's live in harmony with others. And when you die, you die knowing you did your best. And if there's life afterwards, great. If there isn't, that's fine too. Or maybe there are those who say, well, it is what it is. Um, if people are nice to me, I'll, I'll be nice to them, but I'm not worried too much about that kind of stuff. Um, the earth and creation, they're there. I get to use them. I don't have to worry about it. Um, stuff like war and violence, it's always around, so whatever. One day I'll be gone, and it'll be somebody else's problem. If God wants to look after it, fine. If God doesn't, that's fine with me. I'm done. But the teachings of Christ, of course, are larger than this one story. And when we look at all of the other teachings, we find so often that Jesus makes a connection between how our life unfolds and how we shape it and how the life that is beyond us awaits us. In a sense, saying that on earth as it is in heaven. As one spiritual writer said, it's really very simple. God allows you whatever you choose. If you live with negativity and judgments, disrespecting God's creatures and God's creation, being hateful and divisive, that's your choice. 
and it's living in hell. So you won't be surprised when you actually get there. But the writer goes on to say, if you live with compassion and kindness, with respect for everyone, respect for their being, for their life, with a passion for goodness, that kind of living is on earth as it is in heaven. And so there is a continuum. There is that very real connection that Jesus speaks about so often. And on those days when it feels like things couldn't possibly get worse, either in our own life or in the world itself, the believer hangs on and clings to that hope and to that trust, trusting what they say they believe, like the brothers of Maccabees. Don't throw up our hands and despise life just because of one incident or one bump, as it were, in the road. We take a deep breath, grasp the vision, the promise of Christ. It's the kind of faith that Pope John the 23rd, St. John the 23rd now, near the end of his life said, my bags are packed, I'm ready to go. A good life of John the 23rd made him feel that it was, that he was ready and he was able to go. St. Catherine of Siena put it in a slightly different way when she said, it can be hell, all the way to hell, but it's heaven, all the way to heaven. It's so in the month of November, this conversation unfolds around us because of nature and because of our scriptures for these Sundays of this month. When, like our Eucharistic prayer says, for our departed brothers and sisters, and all who were pleasing to God at their passing from this life, we remember. And we can't like, enter into that prayer without somehow reflecting on our own life. And there are many customs and um, gestures that we put into play during this month of November, perhaps with our memento altar, at the back with pictures and mementos of those who have died. We remember them. And sometimes we have our own personal uh, ritual that helps us to remember those who have died. I know uh, friends of mine, a couple of uh, women in this family, their mother died a year ago in her, in her 90s. Um, and there were actually seven sisters in this family and, and one brother. And so a couple of weeks ago, they got together to celebrate her first birthday in her new life. And they said the stories that they told and some little ritual that they entered into was a tremendous source of hope and comfort to them. And so we may have those that help us to navigate the sorrow we know when someone we love dies. We are still left, of course, grieving those who have died with the unanswered questions about life after death. Hope can be elusive. Courage can be hard to come by. But the, and the scriptures, they don't solve that conversation. They just urge us to be open to the mystery. 
Paul's words today may be a source of thought and hope and comfort for us. May our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says, and God our Father who has loved us and given us everlasting encouragement and good hope through grace, encourage our hearts and strengthen them in every good deed and work.